Hello and welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. This is Jeff Frederick. Uh, Squirrel? Squirrel? No, actually, unfortunately, Squirrel is not here. This is being recorded live at KitCon, the Continuous Integration Testing Conference. And with me, I have two guests, Pascal and Ronald. Hello to both of you. Hi. Hello. Uh, so the benefit of our guests, can we go to introduce you? Uh, so first, Pascal, can you introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Pascal Dufour. I'm um, a software tester and I coach teams and I love the job of software testing and that's what I do. All right, and Ronald? Uh, I'm Ronald Doele. I'm an independent uh, agile consultant uh, enabling teams to deliver. All right, fantastic. And you're both uh, multiple time KitCon attendees. This is not your first rodeo, so to speak. Is that right? I mean, Pascal, how many times have you been here? It's the third time. The third time. And yes. you loved it so much that you helped organize this event. We're in Zwolle. Yes. In, did I, I say that right? Yes, Zwolle. Zwolle in the Netherlands. And uh, so you wanted to make sure that once we could have it in person, yes. that we could have it <laughs> yes. here. So that's a, a good sign of uh, dedication. Yeah. Uh, I definitely wanted, not specific in my town, but I definitely wanted to continue. And uh, therefore, my town is, of course, the easiest when you live there. So <laughs> so there we go. And Ronald, you've been coming to KitCon for how long now? Yeah, I think uh, since 2008 in Brussels. Yeah. So it was like... A few months after my Scrum Master uh, training, and, uh, <laughs> I learned a lot there. I could use it uh, directly uh, in the next week. And uh, when I saw the Twitter uh, message that it's going to be organized in Zola, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately signed up. Right. Fantastic. And I think what's interesting about this and, and the, the reason we wanted, I thought it'd be a good topic for talk today is this sort of um, dichotomy between the people who've been to KitCon and have experienced it. Uh, versus what people who've never been, uh, because it's kind of unusual. It's um, it's we this is an unconference or or open space conference, and people who've never been often say, "Well, what's the agenda? What are you going to talk about?" And and we can't tell them right because this is a, a, an event where we don't know the agenda until we're on site and we collectively create it. And uh, I I enjoy it. Uh, I never want to go back. Yeah, me too. <laughs> clearly, clearly, you're both bought in. And, it, and so it struck me that this is a lot like something that Squirrel and I have talked about in a past episode. Uh, and this is a, a, an analogy that Squirrel came up with called the tilted slider. And for people, uh, we'll, of course, link to that in the show notes. And what this is, imagine that you have a slider like on a stereo system, you know, you might use for your, you know, EQ or something like that. And, it, and it's between predictability and productivity. And the reason it's tilted is that organizations tend to want that slider, you know, inexorably. They say they want productivity, but all their practices tilt them towards predictability. And does that match your experience? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's and that's what we hear uh, from people who've not been. Is essentially what they're saying is, tell me that it's going to be predictable. You know, let me know what you're going to talk about. When 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 actually the the process, what it does is. We maximize instead of predictability, we're, we're maximizing for productivity, which meaning that we have productive conversations where people are talking about things they're most engaged in, most excited about. And it's, they can be something they didn't think of until they were at the agenda forming event on Friday night. I don't know if that ever happened to you where you were inspired. Yeah, even like this the last time also, but also this time I, I was thinking like, that's a really good topic. The, um, Monitoring driven development. Yeah. <laughs> like, why didn't I thought that before? Yeah. 
So that's a, that's one it that struck me so. that, that I, I propose for for that we'll be talking about uh, after this yeah. in the next session. Yeah, but also the previous session where we talked about uh, subversion versus Git, uh, which was like. Uh, like a trick uh, how to explain uh, the whole process and then we had like a really good content uh, discussion so uh, yeah. right so you have these very surprise. exciting yeah. engaging conversations which are the opposite of so many meetings that people uh, uh, engage in and and so what i want to talk about is a bit about how people can bring some of the excitement and the productivity uh, into some of their meetings. And each of you said you'd be willing to talk about it. So first, Pascal, you said you were willing to talk about something that's a bit like bringing, you know, KitCon inside. Is, yeah. you want to describe this? Yes, this is, a, this is a technique called Lean Coffee. This is where you, let's say, um, join with uh, colleagues to talk about uh, uh, certain topics, but the agenda is not in, uh, shown on up front. So we, we created agenda during the agenda. And just like here on the open space, we've got sessions of one hour, but then the sessions are way, way smaller. That's just five minutes, or you could be extending if you want to. So you talk about the things that you like, you voted for during the session itself. Right. So you, so this is weird because people would often say, it's good practice to have a, a, a good a, agenda, an agenda ahead of time. How else can people prepare to, to discuss if they don't know what they're going to be discussing? At the, yeah, there's, uh, it's the, difficult sometimes if you want to invite them. And for example, we use this technique for a knowledge share and it's okay. And where is it about? I don't know, <laughs> but it's a one hour agenda. Do you know how much time that needs? I want to do more stuff and it's one full hour. It's not 10 minutes good enough. Is it also okay? Right. Well, that's not going to happen. Right. So, but after one or one time, the first time they already got it and then oh, I will be there next time. Right. So people have, once they've experienced yes. it, they're really excited. Yes. So they do, the people show up, they propose topics, people vote on them. Yep. And then the highest votes are what you talk about. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it, so this is a, a, a I, I love this topic, um, and this, this approach of lean coffee. It's may have often had my clients do. And uh, one of my current clients is once I introduced it, they just started running all of her team meetings that way. So their weekly team meeting is something that they can uh, create, can control the agenda every week when they're in the room and people talk about what they think is most important as opposed to what you know, she as the boss has decided. And this gets way more engagement. People are much happier. And so they did, they did once as an experiment. And like you said, they, they never want to go back. Um, now, so Lean Coffee is a pretty direct translation of what we're doing at this open space into a meeting. And, and it can work at all kinds of uh, spaces and, and sizes. Um, but Ronald, you're going to talk about uh, a technique, and uh, it's from a whole family of techniques called liberating structures, which we've mentioned before. Yeah. But you have a particular one in mind that you chose as a as, as worth uh, people knowing about. Yeah, I've been to a workshop liberating structures, and it was amazing. Uh, and uh, also open space, and I think also lean coffee is one of the uh, structures. But the one that I really like. Uh, because it can turn around people completely. Uh, and uh, I, I've used the technique, it's called TRIS. It's mm -hmm. a uh, best practice uh, from engineering where you say, okay, I'm going to build a bridge and uh, I want to know all the risk in, uh, in that area and how can we mitigate that? Uh, just by asking the question, okay, how am I absolutely going to be sure this bridge is going to fall over? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then have people being uh, creative and thinking all kind of uh, stuff. And if you use that like in a retrospective or I use it in 
presenting my uh, plan for an agile transi tra transition in an uh, in organization to senior management and ask them, okay, uh, how can we absolutely together be sure that this project is going to fail <laughs> and have managers go nuts in like all kind of technique that they used to uh, sabotage projects. Right. And then the second question, which was for me like, yeah, yeah. am I going to be outside or not? <laughs> okay. So which of the techniques are you normally using uh, in these kind of projects uh, that could potentially kill this project? Right. And have this uh, CEO really uh, going first and say, yeah, I would uh, ask you for uh, status reports and all kind of other stuff. <laughs> and based on this technique, uh, we agreed like on a certain way of working. And I had like uh, complete freedom in this uh, HL transition. So it was for me really like, uh, uh, am I going to survive this? <laughs> but in the end, it paid back very good. Right. So you're very, you, you felt very uncertain how it was going to unfold. Very low predictability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. certainly. Yes. certainly. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that productivity was, so if I'm going to send this right, so you say, so we're doing this agile transition or whatever your project is. Yeah. How could we be, if we wanted to intentionally sabotage it, what would we do? Yeah. And this is like one of the things is like, well, I could ask you for status reports all the time. Yeah. I could drown you in, actually it fits very well the theme. I could keep asking you for predictability. Yeah. Give, give me estimates, give me better estimates, give me updated estimates, give yeah. me new projections. Yeah. And then, then the second part was to examine your normal behavior and say, what do we normally do that is on the list of sabotage? And you realize, Oh, actually, we do ask for those kind of status reports and updates all the time. Okay, maybe we should then stop doing those things. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and it sounds like this was a case where the the CEO, because they recognize their own behavior yeah. in the list of sabotaging behaviors. And what also helped, he had a background in engineering ah, and he know the okay. uh, Trish. Uh, so it was like also for he, for him an eye opener. But uh, I really liked it. Uh, also used it in uh, in like. Call it a future perspective. Huh? So yeah. how can we make sure that this project is going to fail uh, during go live and yes. find all the risks that are there and uh, potentially have uh, mitigation in place? So it, it really yeah. helps. Uh, and what I find interesting in, uh, yeah, I think engaging people is key. Uh, but re also really thinking first about how I'm uh, going to engage uh, people in this context. Mm -hmm. And there, uh, liberated structures really can help. Uh, yeah. Right. And so it's interesting here that they, what, we, what we're talking about here in common is that the value that comes out, the, the productivity comes from people being engaged. Yeah. And if you read management literature the way I do, this engagement, employee engagement has been a big topic for the last five, eight years, as people recognize it's really key to productivity overall. And part of what we're saying here is if you want to have that level of engagement, it you might need to adjust your slider, <laughs> you push it up towards the productivity end, which means uh, having less predictability of content. But we actually talk about now using the predictability of form, right? Because we are talking about structures. These are sort of you know predictable patterns where where we are asking people to engage in a certain style, but we don't know what's going to come up. And it's the unpredictability of content and the ability of everyone in the room to contribute that leads to the engagement. People from who've read our uh, Squirrels and I's book, The Agile Conversations, we have a bit where we talk about the need for people to add their own egg. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah that's and, key. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. we're talking about uh, approaches here that allow people to add their own egg. Now, maybe it's, it can be a bit scary to people who've not experienced it, right? They say, well, tell me what's going to happen. What's the agenda? Yep. You know, I imagine when you're dealing with the, the CEO, you might have found it a bit odd that yeah. you, you couldn't tell them what was going to be coming out of it. But uh, once people have experienced it, they, they don't want to go back. Yeah. Yeah. And also... Sometimes I make the mistake to go to traditional conferences and then <laughs> in the five minutes, first five minutes, I know this is why I like unconference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were talking about that before we started recording is yeah. that, uh, you know, that the uh, engagement uh, levels are so different. Uh, I, I, I'll be at a, a traditional conference next week, the DevOps Enterprise Summit. And uh, yeah, by the time you're hearing this recording, it'll have been a prior week. Uh, and I'm curious to be like to be in the room. I know from experience that after doing KipCon open space event since 2006, when I go to a normal conference and the speaker starts talking, I wanted to talk back. Yeah. <laughs> it would be more productive, yes. but it doesn't match the productivity that these events promise their attendees, uh, which is probably why for many years, people said that you learn the most in what they call the hallway track. Yes. Yeah. Outside the sessions, yeah. uh, a, a, a phrase I picked up, I think from, from PJ, who uh, was a co-organizer for KitCon. Anyway, I, I want to thank you both uh, for, for coming, uh, Pascal and Ronald, and uh, for, for our listeners out there. Uh, we'd love to hear if you, what you think about this. How do you get productivity in meetings? Or do you think we're crazy? No, no, that sounds good, but we know in your organization that would never work. You have to have predictability in meetings. You have to have a fixed agenda. You, people need to know what to expect. Tell me why you think it would or wouldn't work where you are, especially I'd like to hear people who disagree. And uh you know, if you want to hear more from Squirrel and I, come back next week for another episode of Troubleshooting Agile. Thanks. Thank you. And thank you for people who and our live audience here at KickOn. <laughs> <Yay. laughs>